0: This is the Product Management Leaders Podcast, in which you hear from some of the top PM leaders about their real-world strategies and tactics for building world-class products. It's sponsored by Vox Implant, the leading serverless communications platform and no-code drag-and-drop contact center solution. Box Implant enables product leaders and developers to integrate communications into their products, such as embedding voice, video, SMS, in-app chat, and natural language processing. Join over 30,000 businesses trusting Box Implant. Now let's jump into the show. Hi all, this is your host, Grant Duncan. Today, I'm speaking with Greg Montalvo, the Director of Product Management at Inmar, a 5,000 plus person company. Greg has previously worked at Deutsche Bank, Veritas Software, and others. He's been a software engineer in the past and even has an MBA from Duke's Fuqua School of Business. So he has a lot of great insights to share with you. Let's jump into it. Hey, Greg, great to have you on the Product Management Leaders Podcast here. To get started here, could you share a little bit about yourself and your role and where you work?
1: Yeah, sure. Th- thanks for having me, Grant. It's a it's a pleasure and honor to be here. Uh, so, yeah, uh, start out a bit about me. I and mean, in fact, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna answer the second part of your question first, if that's okay. Um, talk to you about the firm I work for. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so, n- name of the firm I work for is Enmar uh, uh, Intelligence. We've been around for about 40 years. Uh, we've made a name for ourselves as a trusted intermediary between um, retailers and manufacturers. Um, so in Mar, um, you know, as a data and media company, um, we provide analytics, uh, among other services, to our our clients. Now, my role with the firm is um, I'm product management, director of product management, and so um, more specifically, I lead our automotive practice. So um, that involves the entire customer experience, how clients interact with our brands, what products. Do we develop for them? Um, how do we uh, compete and differentiate amongst uh, others in the market? So those are those are some of the questions that you know uh, motivate me throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably uh, can resonate with some of those things as well. Cool. So can you tell me a little bit more about your team and how it's structured?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, that um, takes a little bit of explanation in terms of how, how, how and why we exist in the first place, right? So in Mar, we have an entire pitch process for starting a new, um, really a new group within, within the firm, right? And so you can think of it like Shark Tank, right? That's how it, how it works. And you get funded and you get a certain milestone set. Hmm. So that's how my group started, when I said earlier, you to past about, the sharks? <laughs> I did as a matter of fact, right? Um, of course, you know, you get past the first hurdle, right? There's other hurdles continually put yeah, in front of you, of course, right. So the sharks keep coming to the point there. But at any rate, yeah, so um, whereas our typical business was uh, manufacturers, I say that it's uh, consumer package good manufacturers. think like J and J. Uh, PNG, Conagra, hmm. and so on yeah. on the manufacturing side. Retailers are the likes of like Kroger and Publix sure. and and so on. Right? Yeah. Um, we didn't have an automotive practice, okay. and so that was the basic pitch. Right? Do the same things we do elsewhere, except do it for the automotive industry. Sure. And so the sharks bit, um, and so that that formed the group. Now we're we're about. Uh, a dozen people as we have this conversation today. Mm, Um, And um, that involves uh, product people uh, such as myself, engineering people, operations people. It's the entirety of an organization. I would say my current role is not typical Mm. for a product manager in that, you know, really I'm the managing director for the entire group.
0: Got it. That's really interesting. Can you, can you tell, Tell us a little bit more about what that looks like, uh, almost like as an MD for the product engineering, the operations that you mentioned.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things I love about it is that it's because of it, its, you know, uh, I'll often use the term entrepreneurship, right? As opposed mm, to entrepreneurship, yeah. right? Because it's that kind of endeavor. It has many of the um, earmarks that an entrepreneurial venture uh, has, which right. what is that, right? You look left. You look right. You say the trash needs to be taken out. I'm picking up the trash and I'm I'm carrying it now. Not that I take out the trash. Um, But um, there's a client meeting, right? Uh, Well, how does that client meeting get set up in the first place? Mm. You know, there's a lot of smile and dial involved, (laughs) right? Hanging on the business cards, um, putting together uh, slide decks and so on. And then saying, you, you, you. You're coming with me. We're going uh, to this client site to pitch to pitch this idea, right? As as one example, Um, on the other end of the spectrum, right? There has to be has to be something you're actually pitching. There has to be a product there, right? So on the other end of the spectrum, uh, I find myself doing many of the things that you would expect of a product person, right? What is that? Well, you know, there's of course the typical agile ceremonies, right? (laughs) Attending stand up each and every day. Yeah. right everybody has responsibilities to each other and nobody's exempt from those responsibilities you know uh, sprint grooming uh, backlogs uh, development of tickets etc yeah all of that stuff even and we have a finance person as well mm. even sitting down with finance and saying okay uh, what are our what are our prof- what are our uh, expectations? around revenues and cost yeah. if our costs, then what are we going to do for the next year? Let's come up with those projections, <laughs> right? Knowing that, and I said it a moment ago, right? The sharks, uh, I'm going to have to, at some point, sit down with them and say, here's how we did fellas yeah. to, to re-justify ourselves. Um, so, um, so does that answer your question give you a sense of what my, what the day in the life of? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting in, in some ways. Um, like I've also heard, Kind of what you're doing called like a business line leader. Like you are really looking across the whole business as this product management leader to think about how do we drive this forward? That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. And I think I've learned a lot that I think will, I think is directly applicable to even as you think of the purely product manager role. Right. Um, I think a lot of what I do each and every day, you know, I'll certainly forever take it back with me as, as at some point, if yeah. I go back into a purely product role, um, yeah, sure. these experiences will certainly affect me. And I think they're valuable.
0: Yeah. I also wonder though, like maybe this is where more product roles are evolving too, really having a broader scope and thinking about the product and the business strategically
1: yeah I would tend to agree even even before um i was was in this kind of rural right things that I do today, you know the business canvas right. I was I was doing yeah. those previously, you know. Except I was uh, wasn't justifying an entire organization. Perhaps it was a, an <laughs> application. Perhaps it was just features within an application. But I was yeah, still yeah. doing those kinds of things.
0: Okay, and you mentioned earlier um, the typical Scrum ceremonies, like yeah. daily standups. So a couple questions there. Sure. Do you actually stand? Does your do you and your team actually <laughs> stand, even though you're remote? And how long do they typically last?
1: Yeah, so um, a couple of a couple of things. So as as of today, no, we're all sitting down, right? We're <laughs> we're just like you and I are right now in front of a camera, sure. you know. Um, although when we were in the office, yes, we did we did stand, you know, we'd be mm-hmm. around a table, chairs right in front of us. Part of it, you know, I prescribe to the philosophy of you know stand up it's very focused, right? What did I do yesterday? What am I doing today? What are the problems that maybe somebody in this room can help me with? Right. And so correspondingly, they tend to be very, very quick, you know, and I'm saying uh, a dozen people will still get through that in 15 minutes. Part of it is we live and work. I mean, um, I'm a very, you know, I was spent the first eight years of my career in the army and I was a Hmm. non commissioned officer. And then, I was an enlisted guy. And so okay. um, from that experience, I'm a very uh, join them in the trenches kind of a guy. And so yeah, right. everybody in the group, right, that that's that culturally it fits well. And so hmm. that allows our standups to be quick because we we really kind of already know where everybody's what everybody's working on, what they're doing.
0: Got it. OK, yeah, that's great. Um, you can go through it that well. And you talked about your sprints and you know the grooming and backlog and such. Mm-hmm. Do you do two-week, three-week, one-week? What's a typical sprint time for you all?
1: Yeah. There's something I often say that I'm tempted that I'm going to go ahead and say right now. If you've seen one <laughs> one scrum team, well, you've seen one scrum team. Every team varies. And I'm okay sure. with that. And I, and in fact, I think it should be that way. Hmm. I will say on my own team, right? So part of my team is uh, in Hyderabad, India. Part of my team okay. is in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina.
0: Time shift. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like the the team in uh, Winston-Salem. Now we recently combined them, right? Hmm. And and as a combined team, we're we're on a three week uh, sprint schedule. When the team in in North Carolina, they were always on a three three week schedule. However, hmm. the team in India, when they were on their own. And there were specific reasons they were on their own they're just a more junior team right mm, i sure. wanted a faster feedback cycle right if, yeah. if they were going off the rails i wanted to know that sooner why so we can of course correct get them back on the rails quickly right so that was a one-week cycle right and so we had mm. all the ceremonies start to finish each monday through each friday over over the course of the past year, they've become much more mature, which is why we've combined the teams and everybody's on a three weeks schedule now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's super interesting. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Um, so, I imagine you know you track some of the the Scrum typical metrics, but um, sure. What are your when you think about like a week or a month or a quarter? What metrics do you report out on and
1: track? Yeah, so um, I think of metrics. Um, to me, there's two two different types of metrics, two different classifications of metrics. There's the internal facing and the external facing metrics. Right? One yeah. is how am I doing for my clients? How is my business operating? The other is well, how how is the internal structure? How is my you know? And I'm going to use some uh, agile terms here. What's my velocity? Right. So, yeah, we do, um, you know, so we'll, we'll um, ticket counts, right? How many tickets mm-hmm. per developer per sprint, right? Those are some of yeah. the things that we look at knowing full do well. You, that,
0: do you t-shirt size them as well or we, kind of keep them more generic?
1: Uh, yeah, we, we do. I mean, so okay. as we, as we start each sprint, yeah. I mean, we go through and we size each, we use a point system though. Okay. Um, sure. For us, we use a Fibonacci sequence, Um, But same difference. Right. Yeah. So we size them and um, we also recognize even even at the end. Right. There are things that, you know, you plug into a spreadsheet that don't necessarily translate. And what is that? You know, not every ticket is created equal. Right. You can Mm -hmm. have one ticket that's like broad, general, build me a back end service right? That's going to take a talented individual several weeks, probably several sprints, right? Yeah. Where another, another ticket could be like, well, add a combo box to, to this specific page. Right.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So yeah, there are things we track, but at the same time, you know, we just understand that those metrics, those internally facing metrics, they're not mm-hmm. saying everything. Sure. So I, I, I broke that answer into two parts. That's the, um, that's the internally facing metrics. Mm-hmm. I do want to speak to like the externally facing metrics, but yeah. in between the two, I want to pause and, and offer you an opportunity <laughs> for follow-on questions around the internal metrics, the more typical agile stuff.
0: No, I, I think your explanation makes a lot of sense. You know, I think people listening are probably going to find that kind of information helpful as they're probably wondering too, like, how should I be measuring my sprints or, and are we really sizing this correctly? Is is the method we're using the best? Um, so I think your your info is great.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So the other the other part of it is, you know, um, I like to know. Um, I feel I have a responsibility. In fact, to to know that the the we're building the right feature. It's not just that we are building features and products and so on. We're building the right features and mm. products and so okay. on. And so there are things that I track externally, right? Now, these are the more classic business school kind of metrics, right? What are they? Customer retention rates, right? Year over year, mm-hmm. how many customers am I gaining? How, am I to lo- how many am I losing At What sure, rate yeah. do, they, do they lose? What is my share of the market? I'm in the automotive industry, right? I can tell you here and now, there are roughly uh, 15,000 dealerships in the United States, how many of those rooftops are using my software, right? That's <laughs> something I care very deeply about, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, on a, on a month-over-month basis, on a quarterly basis, you know, how is that How is that number tracking over time? Um, and then the third one I'll, I'll offer for you and your mm-hmm. listeners is uh, really profitability metrics, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to gain market share if I just give sure. the software away, right? Yeah
0: buying but, logos
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and so um, you know it's about it's not just about putting a product into in the market it's also about uh, building a business taking care of families who are who are working on that product right mm. and so how does that how are those numbers you know specifically uh, number I care about EBITDA um, how's that number tracking month over month quarter over quarter year over year?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so because in Mars focused on these different industries kind of verticals, Mm -hmm. does each one report out on these and then you can kind of look across or do they focus on a more general number overall?
1: Yeah. So both is the short answer. Right. Um, Okay. And and I, I want to be careful, you know, um, how much I say about the, the broader firm. Um, but, sure,
0: yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: but um, yeah, so there there are verticals and all of that is reported at the vertical level um, as well as at the firm level.
0: Yeah, and you talked about you know calculating costs. I think sometimes getting cogs, um, You know, if you're a PM and thinking, how do I look at the pricing structure and how do I factor in the costs here? Some of those decisions on what you include and what you don't, or how you um, take, for instance, like infrastructure cost. Right. Do you include that? Do you not? Do you spread it out over current number of users, future users? How yeah. do you think about some of those hard questions?
1: <laughs> yeah, great, great question. Um, and there, it really depends, right? <laughs> sure. Some, Yeah. Some questions are so uh, marginal, right? So but infrastructure specifically, right? So um, Azure costs... AWS costs, right? Mm -hmm. There's a certain element of you're not going to get away from them, one. And (laughs) two, you know, they're, those are competitive markets, right? So there's not a whole lot of uh, value. Um, Plus they're in the the bigger scheme of things, right? They're the really, they're the smallest costs. So, you know, I'm not tracking the cost of uh, desktops and, uh, virtual <laughs> machines and so on that, that becomes kind of uh, a line item that just gets cut across uh, the mm. entire, you know, uh, business. Sure. But other more operational costs, what I'll call the more uh, marginal costs, the cost mm. to service a specific customer. Right. Sure. So uh, I'll give you a, a more concrete example. I often refer to this as the, so what now what, right? We spend an awful lot of time in the, so what area, what is the, so what, well, that's all the number crunching, right? That, that, the, the, the uh, modeling, you know, hmm. uh, and, and I often use this term just because I like to see the response to it, the hierarchical clusters that we create of consumers, because I <laughs> like to see how people i see, use a term like that. I like to see how people respond to it. Hmm. But that's all the data sciences that I'm referring to there. The things we do yeah. in the background, the number crunching. We spend a lot of time, a lot of money um, in, in those areas, right? Sure. We also, thats that's the so what part
0: right and you're partnering like with other teams to do that you're not uh, going in and doing that yourself
1: we we do do those things ourselves right so we have oh, okay. we have now i will say it is a shared resource but we have our own data science gal in this case oh, cool. Um, with a number of advanced degrees and she's <laughs> everything you would expect of such an individual I Love her to death. Yes. I, I want to name her personally, but I'm going <laughs> to hold that back at any rate. Um, but yeah, we do have our own person who, who's dedicated to our stuff. Mm, cool. Okay. So that's the, so what part of things The now what it's like, okay, now what do you do with this? Right. And invariably in many cases, it's driving some kind of marketing program, right? So we'll send out email direct mail, right? I know we all get them. And right. I don't know too many people who say, man, that was a great postcard you sent me. <laughs> but yeah, we do send those things. Those things then become the marginal costs associated with individual customers, right? How right. many How many social media ads did I place at how many customers? Right, yeah. and so on. So those those are those are some of the costs that will will be accounted for as we're planning the business out. Saying okay, so many rooftops, and that's how I I, I think of things: a dealership mm. rooftop, one and the same.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And so, with each rooftop, what does that mean for our business? How do we grow over time?
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting to hear you again, kind of talking about putting on that MDPM hat plus. Mm how that can really look across you know, other areas of the business here. That's cool. I think being more collaborative and thinking about it holistically is really, really valuable.
1: Can I add one more point there? Yeah, sure. Right. I, I would be remiss. So, and this is one of the things I love about uh, product management is you get to work with so many people throughout the organization. And in mm-hmm. this case, yeah. as we're, we're planning out cost of goods, right? I do sit down with a counterpart in um, in finance yeah. who keeps me honest, right? <laughs> <laughs> who says, now, wait a second, you know, uh, this is not, uh, according to GAP accounting rules, you can't do sure. that. And she'll reel me back in.
0: Yeah, they want to make sure it's uh, correct to the CFO when they see it.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is a hard, hard question here that I think, you know, all PMs deal with how do you balance customer requests with new innovations when they might not be aligned? Yeah. That, you know, that trade-off prioritization question.
1: Yeah. This, this comes up all the time. And, and if you're not good as, you know, I'll tell uh, junior product managers I I work with or on my team. So if you're not good at answering this question, you really have to find another job (laughs) because it's going to come up again and again. Um, now i will say terrain always dictates right each and every case mm-hmm. is its own case and really deserves that kind of thought sure so that's that's a that's a bit of a not answer admittedly um so let me let me give you some some rules of thumb sure. that um that guide me as i as i go about answering that question so um what is the size of the customer what is their what is their what is their value mm-hmm. right Um, That's an important element to consider, right? Um, Not to say any any customer is more important than any other, right? But it does give you a sense of implications, right? Yeah. Um, If one thing,
0: a thousand versus ten million dollars is very different scale.
1: (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly. And, and so what are the internal factors, right? What, what is, what do we have in the queue right now? Mm. What are the time implications, right? What are we working on right now? What is the implication of kicking that down the the road, right? There's some cost arguably associated. What is that cost, right? Um, also, and this last one, I think is the most important one, uh, because I think, and in fact, I would recommend any listener start with this one. And that is the time implication. Right. Because I've often found that if you go to the customer and you say, you know, do you need this now or can you wait some amount of time for it? Right. Everybody can have their cake and eat it Um, (laughs) if the timing can just be worked out.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And as you mentioned, because you're a close partnership with actually talking with your customers, I'm sure that that helps as well. So when you think about like planning, do you do it on an annual quarterly basis how do you do that and how do you even determine what those goals should be
1: Yeah, yes <laughs> it is a short <laughs> answer we we do do it and uh, on an annual as well as on a quarterly basis mm. and one really drives the other right and so and really the way the way I think about it is I think about well where do I want to be a year from now right mm. and through backward induction right work my way back to well where am I now sure. right when we're talking about it on the annual basis, I mentioned it earlier in this conversation, the business canvas. I'm a big fan of it because it's lightweight. It, it, it forces you to ask yourself the right questions. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so I'll use that as a tool to then outline, okay, what are what are the things I need to do? Again, I have the end in mind right? So what are the things I need to do? What are some of the competitive threats along the way? Sure. Okay. How, how am I going to answer those competitive threats? Right. So on the annual basis, those are the kinds of things I'm doing. And then, yeah, also building out the financial models around it Mm. to say, does this make sense? Right. Yeah. And so as, as we get into the year right now, now, I think of that as like the strategy of things, right. As we get into the quarter, right, that becomes far more tactical, right? Yeah. And,
0: and, while, and quick question: When you talk about the annual, like, let's say your fiscal year starts January. I don't know if it does. Um, like, how many months earlier do you start that? Is it like a couple of weeks, a month, four months?
1: Yeah, I know. I know the answer I should give it, but I'm going to give you the real <laughs> answer, right? The answer I, I should give us. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Great planning process, months <laughs> in advance, right? <laughs> We we go off into some retreat, right? And out the other side comes this pristine. <laughs> no, it's a lot messier than that, right? Sure. Um, why? Because you know, um, firefighting and tactics those rule the day. And and I'll tell you, um, and I've worked at a number of different organizations, marquee organizations. It's it's the same everywhere, right? People think to themselves, "Oh, wait, there's the way it should be." No, I've worked at these places. There's the way it is, right? And, and so, what happens the way when it when things are the way they are? It means you know you got to do uh, strategy planning. You, you you defer on it as long as you can, right? Of course, senior leadership, you know their dates don't move, right? So, as a practitioner, you're you know um, you're constantly pushing up against those dates. And at the last minute, and I say the last minute, you know, the last few weeks, it's like okay, rush, 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 sure. right? Let me let me go uh, put these materials together. Here's kind of what I'm thinking about. Head off in this general direction. Mm-hmm. Go get some buy-in from salespeople, maybe some clients, right? Yeah. Um, put together your materials, right, and and quick present it as if you you spent the whole year thinking thinking about <laughs> that plan. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. And then you also mentioned quarterly quarterly goals and planning. What does that look like? How do you determine those?
1: Right. Yeah. So um, those since those um, that to me, those are much more tactical. Right. Um, In in any given quarter, uh, I like to tell product uh, those on my team, listen, this coming quarter should be pretty crystal clear for, for you right? Um, Why? You know the terrain. You know what we're up against. You know where we're trying to go. You also know what we finished and didn't finish last quarter. So, it should be unsurprising, right? So, in in the week, two weeks preceding a quarter, right? I like a tool called uh, OKRs. Didn't invent the idea. Objectives and key results. Are you familiar?
0: Yeah, we use them as well at Fox Implant.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So, um, yeah, about two weeks uh, before the end of the quarter, I will write my OKRs for the coming quarter and then get with team members individually to review their previous quarter, as well as to give them an opportunity to see mine. And then there'll even be a follow up for, for, their, for their OKRs as they then go write them. Right. And so it's very, um, hey, I want to get this feature into the marketplace Maybe it's not. I want to get this feature. Maybe it's. I just want to wireframe that feature out, right? Sure. Um, and so on, right? Those are those are objectives, right? Okay. What are the measurements? The things that we can all look at and say, yeah, that that took place. What are the key results that roll up to those objectives? So that that's the the formula we we follow. I like to follow personally, and I I find it also. You know, when you get into the Uber tactical, really the agile sprint ceremonies. It all just flows right now you're just creating the the stories um and the tickets um and the epics that support your um your okrs
0: yeah um okay so obviously a very key partner for product managers is the engineering team how do you think about working effectively with engineering teams
1: yeah all right so um another uh, Pause here. Give you another uh, bit of my background. I was I was an engineer myself for a number of, for a number of years. Uh, cut my teeth uh, with the likes of you know. I want to name the firms I've worked for, but I know I would date myself, and nobody <laughs> uh, many many of your listeners might not even recognize the names. None, nonetheless, uh, wrote an awful lot of code in my career. So the last thing I want to be, and I remember, and so those times affect me now that, um, I'm a product manager, you know, and I, I, I can't help, but recall, you know, the inauthentic right guy who, or gal who just walks around the office on his or her, uh, mobile phone all day. Right. Just, you know, making like, I'm making miracles happen around here. It's (laughs) like, brother, what exactly do you do? Right. Never want to be that guy. Right. So for me, the most important thing is, uh, Authenticity and credibility, and how do I how do I build that with engineers? Well, I join them in the trenches, right? Uh, you've heard me talking about it throughout throughout this this discussion here. The the artifacts that I'll build, I want them to know each and every day that I am as dedicated as they are, mm. right? That I'm I'm not just asking them to build a feature because it's going to look nice in a slide deck and make me look good in front of the CEO. It's because there's real market value there, right? And and I've done my part so far as I'm able to to say it's not just a feature; it's the right feature, right? And this is the right time to build that feature, right? And so, so yeah, uh, create do do market research, competitive analysis. Who are our competitors here? What are they doing, right? When I when I approach them that way, say, "Wow, yeah, okay, that makes sense. We're going to kill it, right? They're a lot more bought into." into the, into the concept, right? Again, accompanying it with the financial metrics and then yeah, product specifications, which I know product specifications are so 1990s, but showing that I think through the product that they have to build Hmm. again, builds credibility.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the credibility piece is super important. I mean, as the VP of marketing for Fox implant, I am not working with engineers in the same way, but when we think about the times that I do interact with them or let's say with our our front end web development team, being able to have some idea of even how long things take goes a long mm-hmm. way. Um, right. And so I'm sure you being able to draw on that experience to say like, oh, well, I understand this is actually, this is why you're choosing this Fibonacci number here. <laughs> right. Versus this other one. Right. Okay. So do you think... That to be a product manager uh, or a leader in product management that you need to have had engineering backgrounds or no. Uh, no. OK,
1: no, absolutely. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, great question, by the way. Um, uh, because a lot of a lot of you know, I talk to I talk to people in my company and other companies, you know, and they they have they have questions. You know, how do I get involved in it? Right? Product management is an interesting field. You know, there there's no institution that I know of um, where you can go and be like, I am going to get my bachelor's degree in product management. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if it exists, maybe it does. I don't know. I, I've never heard of it. You know, and we so we tend to come from uh, varied fields, right? Computer science. Um, marketing backgrounds. And, uh, you know, I, I've got a guy on my team, uh, as we have this conversation right now, and he's a product manager, was a math major, right? Mm. Doesn't care for coding very much, right? Really, it's a it's a multifaceted, multi-talented individual um, for, for product management. And so, you know, the ability to reach across disciplines and engage people in high quality conversations, I think, is a prime requisite for the role.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure for those who don't have an engineering background, they're relieved to, to hear some hope, uh, that they can continue to grow or enter product management.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it, but of course, you know, my opinion's biased here.
0: (laughs) Sure. Okay. So if you had a magic wand and, uh, you had one wish for something you could solve one product management problem, what would that be?
1: Yeah. Okay. As I think about it, focus. Hmm. So just a moment ago, I'm I'm telling you about you know how we work with uh, accountants within finance, uh, work with salespeople. The very next day, we're meeting with uh, clients, right? Pitching products, right? And and all of that, I think, should apply for the typical product manager. Should absolutely apply, as well as, and it goes without saying, sitting down with your your engineering cohort, right? Mm. So, because we are these these individuals who can like work cross functionally that way, at least it's been my experience. You you get thrown at fires early <laughs> and often, right? It's like uh, you become a firefighter within the organization, yeah, right. Oh, we got a problem here. Go, go parachute in, solve that problem. Right. OK, let me let me get everybody together. Right. Get everybody in the boat rowing at the same time. Okay. Now, I, I, I'll admit um, there's there's a part of that problem that is I find rewarding. Right. Um, and True. so I'm, I'm guilty of this problem myself. Right. People tap me and I'm like, yes, I'll be Johnny on the spot for you. I love it. <laughs> Because I like that feedback that when when a problem solved, I, I enjoy the uh, adulation that comes along with it. But but there's a problem there. Um, there's an unintended consequence that results. Now, is that the best use of my time? Right. Arguably, I should be spending all of my time thinking about the product, thinking about the competition, right, growing our business, right, and so on. Anything that takes away from that, you know, is is not a net benefit for the team, right? And so um, focus is my answer, right? Hmm. Being able to uh, look uh, a peer in the eyes uh, in the organization or even a boss, right? Uh, chief executive comes to me and says, hey, I, I want you to come take a look at this problem, be able to look at him and say, wow, him or her and say, well, you know, I can do that for you, but understand here's the costs of not, of not doing that. Right? right. Far too often. It's no, I'm, I'm your guy. <laughs> uh, I'll be there. So, uh, focus can be a bit challenging. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine that probably everyone resonates with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so how do you explain to your family or maybe someone not, uh, in the tech industry, what you do?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'll admit, this is probably the hardest question you've asked thus far. I don't think I have a good answer. Work with computers? You know? Yeah, I have answered it that way. Here's here's the risk of that answer, though. Invariably, it leads to, oh, you know, I'm having a problem with my Mac Could, or my Windows. Could you? No, that's not what I do. Yeah. I'm not your, your personal help desk assistant. Right. Yeah, so, but then I ta- start talking about data science and modeling and so on. I mean, even, even when I try to keep it in a business sense, right? Identifying the signals of when you're ready to buy something, right? Still eyes glass over and I lose people. It's a bit of a cop out answer, but my most common answer is, and it's not even true, but that doesn't matter. I I say, I write software. <laughs>
0: I mean, it gets the point across probably clear that, you know, you're working for some software company dealing with software stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's good enough. And it also avoids the, the, oh, can you fix my computer for (laughs) question?
0: Yeah. I'm sure you have enough to do that. You don't want to be a a personal friend help desk. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So if you think like someone's listening they are thinking about how to, um, be a better PM leader, what would you say are top couple strategies you use that you'd recommend to others?
1: Okay. So I'll, I'll start with the more organizational stuff. Right. Um, and, um, I'll say that in, in, as a rule, um, Mark, have you heard of, uh, Joel, Joel Spalsky,
0: If I have I not. I his I'll life. have to look him up.
1: Uh, Joel on software read his book probably 20 years ago or so. I try not to date myself, but there I just did it. Um, Not, not a, not a book because um, I really learned something new from it, but really I like it because it gave voice to things I felt were that I was as a practitioner, I felt were true. Right. Sure. And so I will, uh, when, when it comes to organizational stuff, right. uh, uh, I will lean on the kinds of things I think he would say, Right. How, how do you um, advance the art and the practice at the organizational level, right? Here's why uh, product managers are important. Um, and I'll give you an example here, right? Please. You've heard people far more famous than me say, you know, the difference between a good developer and a great developer is 100x difference in return. Have you heard that expression before? <laughs> yeah, Well, I I have my own corollary on that, which is uh, a good product developer will give you a 10x return on any engineer, even the best amongst them. Mm. How is that? Because we're answering all the questions before they need to be answered, Mm. right? So that that 100x developer, he he looks over a few things really quickly and he says, okay, yeah, I get it. I can build that. Right to me, that's a good day in the office when when my lead engineer looks me in the eyes and says, "Yeah, I get what you're trying to do here. I can build that." Right. Right. And that's how we become the the 10x the force multiplier within our organizations. Right. Not every organization gets that. Right. So um, some of the practices that we've talked about in this in this conversation, those are some of the artifacts. I say, hey guys, let's all get on board and do these things. I promise. There's a a return on this investment, Mm. right? And then um, taking people through it, right? Um, You know, holding lunch and learns and so on. This is what we do all day, every day. We love it, right? if we don't love it, that's okay. But this isn't the job for you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's the more organizational stuff, right? Um, Speak to the practices, the value of it, um, and try to get others on board with it at the more more tactical level, right? Um, the day in and day out. Again, we've been talking about it throughout this uh, conversation. Those, you know, uh, tend to be the more agile ceremonies. Let me pause for a second and um, talk about process in general, right? I'm not a process-heavy guy, right? And that's from somebody who I started my career when, you know, process was heavy processes were <laughs> kind of the rule of the day, Right. And um, having mountains of paperwork, right? That's how you justified if you were, that's how you justified your position, right? And so um, I I believe it's, you know, uh, function over form, right? Processes are the forms, right? Hmm. And some organizations will spend a lot of time and energy. Are we doing Agile? Are we doing Scrum the right way? It's (laughs) like, well, does it work for you? Yes. Okay, it's the right way. Don't get too hung up on you know. Do you stand? Do you sit for stand up? <laughs> so long as it works, sure. right? You know, and and to give you an example of an, something that wouldn't work, right? Let's say you're all standing, but your stand ups take an hour. That's clearly <laughs> you've missed the point there, right? Uh, there's something not going right there, right? So um,
0: tired feet stand ups.
1: Yeah. Right. So as it, as it pertains to the day in and day out right I I will use agile practices because it's a process that works mm-hmm. right and and then I adapt it to to what I need and that's all okay I remember the days of you remember the capability maturity models is that <laughs> Yeah do you yeah, yeah okay yeah. I used and to work much- for a
0: consulting firm so that was their jam
1: <laughs> Okay well, wait, can I talk bad about them or am I going to yeah, hurt, no, hurt I, your feelings?
0: No, I'm not tied to them in any way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I mean, so the reason I, I want to talk bad about them is I remember how much time and energy organizations put into them, which it was all about the forms, right? Yeah. Forgetting about, you know, we actually have to write some code here. You yeah. have to put product in the market, right? right. It's more about the forms over the function.
0: Totally. That's Sometimes so, too um, expansive as well almost like in the clouds kind of ideas.
1: Right, right. I mean, um, theory and practice don't always line up.
0: (laughs) That's a great quote. Yep. (laughs) Thank you. What, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but uh, what would you say, what is one of the hardest product decisions you've ever made?
1: Wow. Um, Yeah. So something, uh, what's coming to mind, something along make versus buy.
0: Mm. Right. Um, yeah, those are tough.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the reason I say that is, um, you know, sometimes that affects livelihoods. Yeah. Um, and um, people kind of intuitively get that. Right. And we'll we'll dig in to say, no, wait a second. Now we can we should be building this, for example. Right. On one side. Right. Mm. Or on the other side, they they say, you know, I really just don't want to be doing this. Right. Yeah. So uh, they're going to be pushing it, even though it should be a core competency and we should be building it. They just don't want to do the work. I'm going to push it off. So um, make versus buy decisions, right. Tend to be more emotionally driven than purely, right. You think about it in a business school sense, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you crunch the numbers. What does it cost us to build it? Then you crunch the numbers. What does it cost for us to buy it? Right. All right. There's a clear answer and a clear winner. It's never that easy. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Cool. Well, thanks so much for um, chatting today, Greg. Are there any um, parting thoughts that you'd want to leave with up and coming PM leaders?
1: Yeah. So um, what I would recommend is be o- over everything else, right? Be flexible. Evaluate the situation. Don't Don't be in too big a hurry right? Um, it's easy to rush down the wrong path. Uh, it takes time to be deliberate. And yeah, it's not always what you think it is. Be flexible. Listen to those around you and uh, give it a try. If it doesn't work, adjust quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great points. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming on, Greg. We appreciate your time. Have a good one.
1: Thank you. And likewise, it's it's been a, been a lot of fun with you here, Grant.
0: Yeah, you as well. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast and thanks to our sponsor, Vox Implant, as well. If you're looking into how to improve your communication and customer engagement, check them out. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and tell your friends so that others can find it more easily. Have a great day and feel free to reach out to me, Grant Duncan, if you have any questions you want asked in our next episode.